the police transition from RCMP to the Surrey Police Service. Well, today's Surrey Now leader reports that Surrey Mayor-elect Brenda Locke is hoping the city's plan to reverse the policing transition from the Surrey RCMP to the Surrey Police Service will be before Solicitor General Mike Farnworth for consideration by the end of November. Locke says that the untransition plan is already well underway. Now, Surrey's new council will be sworn in on November 7th, and council will surely be uh, working towards finalizing the city's budget um, by December. Now, Locke and her Surrey Connect slate during the election campaign uh, vowed to keep the RCMP in Surrey, saying that they would save residents $520 million over the next four years. Uh, Ms. Locke was also recently quoted as saying the city has a $70 million deficit this, this year, and the majority of that is due to the police transition that it needs to be stopped before the city is forced to, to spend more and more money. Here is uh, Surrey uh, elect, Mayor-elect Brenda Locke uh, speaking on election night uh, during her speech after results had come in. But the first things are first. How about, first of all, we need to keep the Surrey RCMP right here in Surrey. That was Surrey Mayor-elect Brenda Locke uh, on election night last Saturday. Joining me now is Norm Lipinski, Chief Constable for the Surrey Police Service. Uh, good afternoon, Norm. Good afternoon, Jazz. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. I know you got a lot on your plate, uh, and thank you for making time for our listeners to talk about this very important issue. Can you give me a snapshot of where we are right now uh, when it comes to the transition in regards to what you see? Yes, uh, you bet. Uh, we're well down the road. Uh, we've been at this for two years. I've got 300 police officers uh, in total. I have 155 police officers working alongside our colleagues, the RCMP. I've got another 55 uh, ready to go for November. I've got 14 recruits at the JI, and I've got uh, another 14 recruits on the road with field training officers uh, patrolling Surrey. And so uh, we continue to move forward, and uh, we look forward to uh, working with mayor and council. And I think it's important that we have this discussion today and we have discussions with mayor and council to inform everyone about the facts of the situation. So I just want to go through those numbers. I know um, there were comments made right after the election, and I do believe it was from the uh, police board, saying they had a 350 employees. They said that about 100 of those were officers uh, at that time. But what you're telling me, you have 155 uh, police right now or 100 on the road and 55 ready to go and 14 at the J.I.? I just want to get the numbers correct here. Yeah, yeah. So we have 155 uh, already out there and we have another 55 ready to go and then we have 14 at the J.I. and we have another 14 that are on the road training but they're not counted as real police officers in the sense of being able to work by themselves. They are with field training officers. So I think that's the really uh, core number that we should stick to. Okay, so that that still puts you, as you say, that's uh, about 220, 230 uh, that I'm counting here. How many do you have in regards to administrative staff that you've hired uh, uh, for the SPS? Oh, we have uh, just over 100, I'm going to say 95 to 105, and these people are very much involved in recruiting, uh, in training, in HR, and uh, we have units that already have put together policies 
uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of 140 policies that is required as a standard for the provincial government. And so uh, a lot of moving parts there. Uh, Norm, can this transition be stopped or is this past the point of no return in your mind? In my view, it's well down the road. I think that uh, we have to look at the governance issue pertaining to this matter. And as we know, the municipal government, uh, any municipal government can pass a motion, make a decision. But when we're talking about policing in any province, In Canada, it is the provincial government responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so I think everyone is aware that ultimately the province makes the choice. And if you reflect back four years ago, then uh, there was two reports. There was a Vancouver report, then there was the Wally Opal report, etc. And uh, then the province had a look at it. And the key phrase, Jazz, is adequate and effective. That comes right from the legislation. And uh, they have to be satisfied that there is adequate and effective policing in the province of B.C. And so drill down to any municipality, whether it's an RCMP detachment or a municipal police service, there has to be that level, uh, that standard, that threshold that has to be met. And we are well on the road to meeting that standard. And... uh, I'm, I'm quite proud of the people that we have, that we hire, and uh, we, we take them from all across the country. And remember this. I think this is so, so important. People have made life decisions to come here to join the Surrey Police Service. And with the view that it is a substantive police agency, which it is under legislation, and that we are here to stay, to reverse this, And the question becomes, what do you do with all these police officers? And that's a hard reality. And uh, I think when you take the circumstances in its total, then it's well down the road. Uh, And I've asked uh, Brenda Locke this question during the election campaign. And the, the sense, well, what I've heard at that time was she felt it was very easy to actually absorb what has all, the people that have already been hired. Now, you said you've hired about 238 police officers or they're in training right now. You've got another 95 to 105 uh, administrative staff. If let's just, let's just say for a moment that Ms. Locke, who ran on keeping the RCMP, says she's going to go down this road, uh, what would happen with these police officers? Would they, the ones that you've hired, the 155 that you're already out there that have signed contracts with you, do you owe them severance? Yes, there is uh, a severance package, and um, there's a couple of options there, but it's uh, 18 months, and if you do the math, it's about uh, $60 million. That's our math on the severance. And, again, there's a couple of options there. But, Jazz, the way I look at it is mm-hmm. essentially these people would be out of a job because they didn't come to join any other organization. They came to join this organization I think it's so important that uh, listeners keep in mind that when we're transitioning away from the RCMP, they stay within the same organization. They truly do not lose their job. But here we are in a situation where what are are people going to do? Because every organization has an application process, has an interview process, And uh, one would have to start that all over again. Mm -hmm. I have roughly, roughly half of my 
uh, officers came from the RCMP. And so there's, there's lots of reasons why they chose to come to SPS, but uh, I, would, uh, I would proffer that uh, they don't want to go back. And uh, why, why offer them just that option? There is no other option except for that adaptation into that organization. So there's also a labor, I would say, contractual issue there as well in the sense of some of these people have cashed out their pensions and uh, is pensions the ones that carried their pensions is it reversible I don't know I suppose somebody's going to look into that there is uh, a wage difference Uh, what about seniority what does that really mean if I have somebody with uh, 10 years service is it going to be 10 years service over there What does that mean for promotional opportunities? Mm -hmm. There's so, so many, I'll say, labor, logistical issues to be sorted out that I think makes it impractical. Uh, The 60 million uh, severance that you mentioned, does that include administrative staff as well, or is that specifically the 238 officers? No, that that would be in total. That would be in total, like in total with administrative staff and what we have on the street and what we got in the J.I. and so forth. We're getting close to 300 in total. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so we're, we're pushing forward and actually we're uh, continue to be hiring for down the road for the January class. So we're at a position where it'd be very costly uh, to reverse this. And, and I'll offer one more thing. Mm-hmm. What about the sunk costs? What about the sunk costs? What about all the uniforms and uh, everything else that we purchased, uh, IT and so forth? IT alone, Jazz, is uh, $17 million. Uh, by and large, it is not compatible uh, with the RCMP systems, by and large. And so we have all this money already put into something where we already are hitting all the check marks for the province pertaining to the transition and being police of jurisdiction, which is to say we've got our training standards, we've got our policies, uh, our people are doing well on the road, working with our colleagues, the RCMP. And uh, so it becomes very, very difficult. I'll add one more sort of uh, interesting angle to this, Mm -hmm. that four years ago, a council decided, and okay, so here we are, Uh, two years since I've been here, and what would happen if there'd be a different council in four years from now? I think that is a little bit unsettling uh, as far as going back and forth of what kind of police service should be in any given jurisdiction. So you can see that it's very complicated and there's many factors, but suffice to say, if you look how far we've gone down the road, if you look at the money we put into this, if you look at the cost severance, if mm-hmm. you look at the labor, the, the humanity part of this, um, I would say to anybody standing on the street, if you uh, ask them, I think it'd be fair to say it's too far down the road. Norm, let's talk a, a little bit about the budget that was initially set. I think the Surrey Police Service was budgeted to be, the transition was to be cost about $19 million. That was in 2019. The cost rose dramatically to $45 million. And in 2020, the cost was $63 million. Is that still the working budget you have for this transition? 
Yes, good point, Jazz. So uh, when I was hired as a chief, uh, I was uh, given $63 million. Uh, The reason it went up is initially, as I understand it, looking at sharing IT with the federal government, uh, i.e. Surrey Detachment, but uh, that didn't work out. So therefore, had to buy our own IT system, so it's at $63 million. I have spent about half of that so far. That $63 million is called one-time cost. That is essentially the cost of the transition. And so um, there's some mainstay pieces of equipment that needs to be occur that has to be bought. Also, of course, I mentioned uh, the IT. So uh, it's at 63 and I spent half of that. Uh, Norm, uh, you know, you uh, worked with another mayor, uh, in this case, Mr. McCallum. We have another mayor, uh, uh, mayor-elect now that uh, is sworn in on November 17th. Do you and the service feel let down by the political class? And I'm not just speaking by those two mayors. I'm just saying broadly, you know, at the end of the day, you have to take orders and you have to implement a new police service, hiring, IT, HR, all of that. Uh, all of the, which is All of what is occurring now is coming from the political sphere. Uh, you have a mayor that's won by about 900 votes. The mayor before that also came down the middle because there's a significant split. But ultimately, you're doing what's been asked of you. Do you feel let down? Does the force feel let down by the political class? There certainly is uh, a level of uh, confusion slash anxiety within the employees of the Surrey Police Service. But I can't say this, that um, as we've gone through this uh, process for two years, three levels of government have supported that. There's a change in municipal government. But what's important to emphasize is that I work for a police board, and the board reports to the provincial government and also reports up towards uh, the mayor and council, of course, submitting the budget, etc. So all across Canada and every municipal department, it's the board that the chief reports to. And that is there. It's been there since the 1930s in Canada. And the reason is just what you mentioned. It's to have that buffer from uh, all the different political leanings and different mayors and councils, etc. So it's the shield uh, for policing. Fundamentally, policing is apolitical. Uh, we have a mandate, it's public safety, and uh, we enforce the laws and help the people and build communities. And uh, my focus is on that. Uh, certainly, we have to deal with the Um, expanding situation that we have now. Nonetheless, we're ready for that. And uh, I think that the the most important thing is for us to get together with the board, with mayor and council, and uh, walk through what has occurred, walk through the numbers, and make sure that everybody has a clear, clear understanding. I think earlier in the show, You had mentioned uh, some of the numbers that have been floating out there. I recall when one of the numbers was 200 million and then it went to 500, I believe. And uh, 520, 520 over 520. (laughs) Well, I don't know where that comes from. I I look forward to uh, somebody showing me. Um, I I looked at uh, our books and um, I'm a lawyer and a police chief. I'm not an accountant, but I can tell you. 
my financial people and the city of Surrey financial people looked at that and they couldn't see where it came from. They know what we're at. And if somebody can show us line by line where you got those figures, then uh, I'm interested in seeing that. Norm, uh, we've run out of time. Look forward to having you on in the near future. Lots to talk about. Thank you so much today. You're welcome. Anytime, Jeff.